Hello, classmates. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Movie Review Edition. I'm your host for today, Pete. I'm Joseph. And I'm Tyler. And today we're going to review my pick from the Wheel of Destiny, Freaks from 2018. By definition, any freaks who are running loose are illegal. Abnormals are dangerous, and we can't let them live free. Chloe! Hey! Someone could have seen you. Sorry, Dad. We have to stay hidden. They look just like us, right? Where are you going? I don't want to hide anymore. You gotta be strong like your mom was. You knew my mom? She's not dead yet. What? is out. We are never getting out of here alive. Where are you, Mommy? Yes, Freaks 2018. Uh, the trailer, I think, does a pretty good job of not making it obvious what the movie is really about. Especially yeah. when you don't see it. What's that? Especially when you can't see the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... This movie came onto my radar. I don't even honestly know where I where I found it from originally, because mm. it's kind of it's one that you don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about. I think it just made like a movies you should have seen from this year. I like to watch like a lot of YouTube videos that are compilation movie lists. You know, yeah, the craziest endings of any horror movie you've ever seen. Mm. Blah blah blah. You know, you know villains that you love to hate. Blah blah blah. That yeah. sort of stuff. And there's a lot of like year by year stuff and depending what channel it is if it's a horror channel or a sci-fi channel or whatever uh youtube channel you kind of get that leaning that direction so this is one that flew under the radar and i really think that it, a lot more people should see it mm-hmm. um it is directed and written by zach lepovsky and adam b stein both of them um the two of them together before this they were part of a uh the the uh, mock x4 with like this Disney Channel series about some kids and the robots, kind of like a Transformer sort of thing. Mm. And uh, it ended right when Freaks became a, a thing. And then they went on to do a, the live action Kim Possible uh, Disney, oh. ser- Disney movie. Interesting. Yeah. So <clears throat> there is some like newer stuff. Also like the Fraggle Rock series most recently. And there's an Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion series, which I don't never even heard of that one before. But um Really under the radar sort of content creators, um, and this movie. <laughs> well, it's up to up to this point, they're just making they're making Disney Channel original series and stuff. Not not <laughs> not auteurs, but after this movie, I'm like, fuck, these guys got it. These got some. You guys, what is they got, got it? Yeah, David, they got it. Baby. David Lowry when he made the happiest dragon or whatever the dragon. Pete's movie. dragon. Pete's dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie ostensibly stars Emil Hirsch. And uh, Lexi, Lexi Kolker as the father and daughter duo, also starring Bruce Dern and Amanda Crew as the mother, and then Grace Park as the main like uh, agent. So this is set in a um, somewhat future, somewhat futuristic, like kind of somewhat world. distant future, but maybe could be today. Like none of it seems like it's unrealistic technology, but it is a. It's a world where freaks are prevalent with uh, amongst the um, the regular human population, and what they what are freaks? They are vague about what freaks are, but they bleed out of their eye, and that's how the dead giveaway. And yeah. according to the government, they're very dangerous. So um, I'm being very vague about what what it is because I think the charm of this movie it comes from the discovery of what the characters are and what they're what they're doing hiding in the house and really like the full view of each character as it's uncovered you're like oh wow i didn't expect it to go that direction Mm -hmm. so i'll leave Mm -hmm. it at that for now let's give our initial thoughts and then once we i think this is one we don't we kind of spoil it throughout the whole episode and i'm okay with that but i think like after we give our initial thoughts it's going to go in full spoiler mode so if you if you think all three of us like it or two of us hate it and one of us like it whatever if you're like okay i think i want to watch this movie Maybe 
pause this episode after our initial thoughts, watch the movie, yeah. and, and then come back because we're going to spoil everything. And uh, anyways, so Joseph, go ahead. Um, so I kind of went back and forth while I was watching this movie, whether I, I guess, liked it more or liked it less. Um, and because there are certain parts of the movie that are worse than other parts of the movie. Like this part's really good. Oh, this part seems very scripted. Mm-hmm. Seems very scripty, I should say. Um, but I think that the story in itself and like the whole concept of the freaks and the world that they live in um, is essentially like, like, I don't know, sort of like a civil, not like a pre-civil rights era uh, in, in, in where they are right now. Sort sure. of like X Men type, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that would be the parallel I can make is that X Men was created as a as a metaphor for civil rights mm-hmm. um, back in the day, um, and um, so that's kind of the, they're pre that era right now, and so they're all like sort of uh, frowned upon or like a scene in a discriminated in a, in a ba- and discriminated, I guess. Highly, yeah. highly, um, but hunted yeah, down. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and the best two actors are the main two actors, yeah. which is Emil Hirsch and the daughter, um, Chloe. Yeah, Chloe and Henry. I think. Yeah, they just call him Henry. Dad. I don't. I don't know. No, if his name. His name is Henry. They oh, because Grandpa Bruce Stern calls him yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two like best performers in the movie and i think the movie is worth watching for their performances and the story is really interesting as well um i don't think that i don't it didn't really land on me i feel like i was i wasn't like i think i was caught off guard with i guess how low budget the movie is very very low budget um and so that kind of took me out of it a little bit like there were some parts where i was it was like Oh, okay. This would be, this is like on the level of like, I guess, like a sci-fi original movie mm-hmm. in terms oh. of the production quality. Okay. And, um, I, um, but save for that, like, I, I, besides that, I think the story was really interesting and like the, the reveals and stuff were, were worth the, uh, price of admission mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And the pay, price, the price of the $4 rental. Yeah, I mean, I didn't rent it. I I streamed on Tubi. Um, I watched it on YouTube where it said free with ads, and there was not one ad. Oh, which was cool. Nice. Yeah, Tubi. There were ads, but that it felt like I was watching like a a like a series, like a like a like a, oh, sh- yeah, like a yeah. show because the way that they placed the ads, it was like in spots where it's like a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and then they would just play. Oh. <laughs> um, but overall, I did enjoy it. I don't know if I would ever revisit it. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Tyler. Uh, so last week you instructed everyone to go in as cold as you possibly can without reading the plot synopsis or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I did exactly that. And I, oh man, this movie is awesome. I would have to say it's one of my top f- favorite um, superhuman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, how they portray the freaks is. <clears throat> Maybe it's not so unique because we have the X Men, but I think that the whole uh, uh, crying uh, blood, I think that was, I think that was really unique. And um, Emil Hirsch and uh, the daughter uh, Chloe was really awesome. Uh, Bruce said Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, yeah, yeah. Bruce Dern. Um, I thought he played a really like kind of sort of mysterious. I don't know if I can trust this guy sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, without going into spoilers, uh, I think the low budgetness of it uh, was a compliment to what the story was because it didn't need like bombastic, like gr- like grandiose sort of. Uh, I don't know, like animation or set pieces because mm-hmm. it's a pretty self, it's a pretty simple and self-contained story that you can leave the extra stuff up to the imagination of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I really, I just really like the concept of it all 
so yeah, yeah. Uh, great. You Loved liked, it. You liked it. Okay, cool. Um, I obviously, since I chose it for the wheel, I'm, I'm, I don't want to torture anyone for the wheel unless I'm making that apparently very <laughs> glaringly obvious with stuff like cats or whatever. So uh, I really, I really liked this uh, freaks a, a lot. And the, the reason why I want more people to see it is because there's some, there's some bullshit that goes around every once in a while. I saw this on Twitter recently where um, some indie artist was saying, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it. Do not give low budget, ultra like micro budget movies one and one and two star reviews on Letterboxd or on IMDb because they don't have the money to keep up with you know these big productions or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is no excuse for bad writing. There is no excuse for a shitty story. Right. Yes, there's budget limitations for like well known actors and things like that, but you can tell a really good story and you don't have to lean on a crazy effects. You don't have to lean on, um, you know, CGI and big budget set pieces and stuff like that to tell a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And the story itself is not groundbreaking in freaks. It's very similar to X-Men. It's similar to like district nine, mm. you know, where you are a second class citizen and, or hunted to extinction because of this thing that you're born with, you know, yeah. whether you're an alien or you're a mutant or whatever. And, but the way that the story is told and the way that it kind of pulls you through and reveals little bits of this world throughout, you're like, oh, this is really interesting. And you could take all this shit and make it into a, a miniseries, but you don't have to, you know? Yeah. The, the rewatching it for me was uh, really beneficial because there's stuff in the first act that you see and you don't know what the reveal is yet. You don't know what's happening and you see it and you're like, well, what? this is kind of shot weird. I wonder what this effect is that they're doing in this like mm. color cr- chroma king or whatever it is, color correction that they do inside the house. Yeah. It's kind of like a Mexico thing from Breaking Bad, you know? And once you know the, the plot of the story, you start to finish, you go back and you're like, ooh, that's a really interesting detail. I never noticed that. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that those uh, birds are, you know, I thought it was just a still shot of the birds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you get to see all these cool things. And I've seen it three times now. This is my the third time for this. And um, I feel like it gets better and better. And there are definitely scenes that you're like, okay, that acting wasn't the best. Or, and eh, that set piece is, eh, it's, 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 <laughs> not, it's not the best. But then there's other stuff, like just there's one shot of the mom near in the third act in the, in the crescendo mm-hmm. where she's kind of frozen in time and she's up in the, stuck like in the air yeah and you're like how do they do that on such a small budget because i think the budget for this was like under a hundred thousand dollars oh my god it was very small maybe two hundred fifty thousand or something like that definitely under a million yeah and they used the filmmakers used um sets from that disney channel series (laughs) after it shut down they're like hey can we take that ice cream truck or that food truck it was a food truck and they're like they just got some friends together and painted it to be the ice cream truck and they're like all these like back- backdrops and set pieces that were on this, you know, end of the world apocalypse. Oh, the city was just destroyed. All those set pieces. They're like, what, what are you going to do with those? Oh, they just threw them away. Well, we'll take them. We'll use them for our movie. This, for can't, this can't be right. What? The budget is $2,000. <laughs> it's, right. it's probably a what little bit. Emil Hirsch do it for free? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe just for the production like aspect of it. But yeah, Emil Hirsch, getting Emil Hirsch and Bruce Dern. Um, the reason why they signed on and I'll get into more of it later, but I, you know, I'll, I'll just skip that. But anyways, you can make a fantastic movie if you really care. Right. And of course these people were not, this is not their first movie, but they've honed their craft. They've had success and, you know, a history on other sets and things. And then they have this vision. They write it, they workshop it, they execute it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting things about the production, which I'll go into later, but I feel like this is like this really cool, like lightning in a bottle project where you're like, these guys just dreamed it up. They thought of this cool concept and they built a world. You don't have to, you know, have these crazy, um, you know, costume design and CGI and stuff. It's like this interesting shadow ops government, you know, branching off thing that's, you know, I can't remember what they're called now, but you know, the The ADF ADF. And it's like, you could build, tell even more stories in this world. This could branch off and have a whole like series or sequels and sequel yeah. su- sequel series, 
with a higher budget that doesn't isn't necessary or a higher budget that maybe is necessary now that you're going to go out into the world. Yeah. But I, I don't know, all the little stuff that is built into the natural production and the way the story is told really made it feel like something that it was like, this is a great independent artist production that turned into something really fantastic and more people should see it. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a primer, which was had an incredibly yeah. low budget, but it's great. groundbreaking. Yeah, great, uh, ana- great analogy. I yeah. 100% w- on board with that. You take an interesting concept that's already been done before, put your own spin on it, put it in a different universe, tell a story with interesting writing, and just go shoot it. And, yeah. if, and if it's good, people will watch it. So, okay. So we're going to get into some spoilers now. A lot of spoilers. Yeah. <gasps> So turn back now, ye mateys, if you don't want to get spoiled. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, like, with the low budget they had, they leaned into certain parts of the movie as opposed to other parts of the movie. Yeah. Like, they put that money in this scene and that money in this scene as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, this other scene. Yeah. Like, the 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 time-stopping bubble that whatever mm-hmm. his power is, basically, mm-hmm. Um that the bubble that was like I don't know every time I did it it just it just felt I was like oh I felt like I'm watching like a student movie I yeah. guess <laughs> but like heroes from NB, on NBC yeah. from like 15 years ago I think what does it what does make the movie better like it, the movie would not be good without the writing or the storytelling mm-hmm. that it has because for the first part of the movie i thought it was like a room type situation yeah me too and i was like okay he's not he seems kind of young to have just kind of an old of a daughter even though she looks older than seven mm-hmm. um and what well, she's supposed to be seven right yeah she's yeah. seven yeah um and uh but then and it turns out that like oh he's he said he's hiding something mm-hmm. he's just trying to keep her out of the world for his own weird reasons Oh, but maybe he just knows that she's special and like he's not special, but only she's special. And then yeah. you find out the rest of the world is all, is, or Dallas, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas, <laughs> Dallas, Texas got <laughs> flattened. Um, was uh, demolished for some reason. Yeah, they leave it, they leave it intentionally vague. Um, well, it's, it's, I mean, like they don't have the exact reason, but they do, the agent explains like. This is what uh, happens when you let a bunch of young freaks out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so how do they get leveled? We don't know, but something. And the reveal is, we'll say it now so that we can just stop dancing around it, is the freaks all have different powers. Every every It's just like the X-Men. So every, yeah. everyone has a different power. Um, Bruce Dern has invisibility, <laughs> which his stuff was pretty funny, like with the guns floating. And I mean, Bruce Dern is himself. I'm like conflicted on whether he's a good actor or not. Because he just play, maybe just in his later years he stopped caring as much, but <laughs> it's just kind of goofy to see him with a mutant power, yeah, and like him use it, and he just kind of just just kind of goes away, <laughs> yeah. But um, so he has the invisibility. Emil Hirsch has the ability to make a time bubble, as he calls it. Which thinking about like the way it works, you would imagine it's it's not. He makes a bubble around himself or himself and others, yeah. Yeah, and within the bubble, time is going normal, but outside the bubble, time is going very slow. So he's a clock stopper. He's got the watch from clock stoppers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh wow, deep pull. But <clears throat> if you want to get into the science of it, <laughs> <laughs> there's in technically what it, it would be in reality is that in the bubble, time is going faster because if you yeah, he has like super. He would have to have like super speed essentially, and the time is just it, going slow around him. Exactly because. Yeah. His power cannot affect the entire universe. It's just affecting in, uh, affecting the bubble. So in the bubble, it's going ultra fast. Yeah. Yes. And, and then the mom is just Superman. The man, yeah. Well, the mom, we doesn't even really say she flies. She's got super Superman type powers. Not we, really. We, pre- we presume, but she just flies. But when she takes off from the flight and lands from oh, the she flight, obliterates everyone. Everybody. The everyone sonic, vaporizes. Yeah, the sonic boom of the <laughs> Which stopping. Which is a little bit more accurate to what would probably happen. Two yeah. people around you whenever you <laughs> land, the superhero landing around anybody. What year did the the, the boys start, Tyler? Do you know? Mm, 2016, I think. They're on like the fourth season, aren't they? Uh, no, or they no, just the, finished up the third season. Um, so probably 2019. 2019, yeah. So this, oh. this came out the year after uh freaks or boys came out the year after freaks. Oh, okay. But it was yeah. And and there's a lot of sim- a lot of similarities similarities there where 
you take something like Superman trying to catch a plane that's crashing, and when Homelander does it, he's like, I'm going to fucking split that plane in half if I tr- go yeah, up there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm going to shoot a hole right through the, the, the hole, you know? <sighs> and uh, you just can't do it. It's, it's not feasible. Yeah. So they take ideas like that in this where the mom takes off from a launch and literally all the humans around her just vaporize. Oh, yeah. And you're like, holy fuck. So, and then um, the girl, Lexi. She's, no, Ro- Ro- Chloe. Chloe, yeah, I'm She's sorry. Can... She can take, she can control people's minds, force people to do things, like assert her will on she people. She really has to yeah. convince people to do it. Uh, at least in the beginning. In the beginning, when she's still <laughs> figuring her shit out. And then she can also... Like almost like it's like um, a pseudo teleportation. Like, like she can like be in places, but not be projection. There. I think is probably the closest. To her. She can oh, project okay. her presence, her physical presence, somewhere else, even though she's not really there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I thought that was a really like mind blowing, not mind blowing, but like really mind abstracty sort of thing to yeah. have as a superpower. Because in in one in one scene where she crashes the slumber party of Harper, yeah. Um, I was at first I was thinking, oh, maybe she's like conjuring up the, like her wanting and needs, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, she wants to have friends and wants to like, they always keep reiterating, oh, we want to have a normal life. And so I thought like she was just, you know, conjuring up these, uh, kids and it actually turned out in fact that she was actually in that room. Yeah. She went to fr- their room instead. And after I, after I figured it figured it out when Harper is cuddling uh, Chloe and saying like, I love you mm-hmm. because she's forcing her to. Yeah. And then the reveal where uh, they go to the, um, it was kind of like the final. It's Well, she's in, uh, what, when what, that what, happens, Chloe's in the girl's bed with her. Yeah. She's not, you, you see uh, Chloe has like a, a closet that she goes into that kind of like hide from scary things. And she thinks there's yeah. a, at the beginning of the movie, you think it's, there's a ghost in her closet. Yeah. It's really just Chloe is projecting herself into her mom's who she thinks is dead. Her mom's like prison cell where she's being held yeah. by the government and tortured or something. It's an interesting power. Cause I don't know how it works. Cause like, She's never been there, so how would you know that it... Because she's going into the minds of the... But she thought her mom was dead. I I think that at the end when uh, Chloe says, do you know where to find me, mom? And she says, yeah, I can feel you. They clearly have some sort of a connection, like a DNA connection. Like, like she's our mom or something. Yeah, yeah. almost, almost <laughs> like they, she birthed her. <laughs> and um, but it makes it all the more creepier that she was mind controlling this uh, neighborhood girl. Um, and once she like steps into the house, because what 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 is it that uh, the dad calls it to her, uh, like telling them all or something like that? What? Well, because like throughout um, in the beginning of a movie, like there's like contingent cont- contingency plans um, in case like they get caught, and that's why they make her repeat all the stuff like, no, "Oh yeah, your name is Eleanor Reed. No, You're the- seven years old. You like baseball." No, 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 no. The that. She he's training Chloe so he can dump Chloe off on that family and they pretend that she's their daughter. Oh, okay. yeah. So the whole time she's training because she's saying, "My name is Eleanor Reed," which is that's the Reed family. Yeah, and she's like, "I have a sister named that's Parker right. okay. Parker Reed." So yeah, at some point in the movie, he gets too hot and he tries to like exact the plan way too soon, and the family's not ready for her yet. They haven't told yeah. they haven't told their daughter yet, and their daughter. Hates the neighbor girl Chloe because she's a freak, and she literally been, and figuratively, and she had, <laughs> and she's been uh, mind controlling her too. So. Yeah, she's like making her tell. It's that that whole part of it is like the first inkling that the, that Chloe might be not a good guy. She's seven years old, so it's kind of hard to say. But she's yeah, she's going down a weird path. She's unstable. She projects herself into she's seven years old. She projects herself <laughs> into Harper's room, and. Chloe wants nothing more than to have a mom and her mom, her mom is dead according to her. Yeah. And she says, uh, why don't you be my mom? Harper, be my mom. Like, yeah. No, I'm not gonna be your mom. She's like, tell me you love me. Be my mom, be my mom, be my mom. And then, and then she does it. Uh, yeah. Once she's she, that friend, <laughs> the weird one, the weird one. Hey guys, mom, why'd you make me invite her to the sleepover? She always wants me to make me be her mom. <laughs> Ew. Gross. 
And then um, I think you really see like the horrific implications of her power is when she goes to the wife um, after they crash their dinner. Mrs. Reed. Mrs. Reed. Her new mom. And she realizes because uh, grandpa told her, you know, when you get angry, do you have any special powers? And then tries to like invoke powers into her at the beginning. And then she after I mean, I'm kind of jumping back and forth. You're jumping around a lot. But I just wanted to it, like the mo- the time when she tells Mrs. Reed to say to say that she tell loves me her. you love me tell me you love me and then she does and she's like oh I love you I love you and then after she snaps out of it she like is horrified by the fact that she was in her head like basically it seemed, imposing it her terrifying. own will yeah. And, yeah that is that is terrifying can you imagine like having like you realize what you're doing but you're trying to resist it but you can't it's like the like, voice in dune yeah or press pre- pre- professor xavier yeah and he does that to uh a lot of the bad x-men yeah, yeah. like magneto. Get out of my Ma- head charles yeah magneto's henchman um, um well, but, one of the sorry. one of the things that i i really liked about the fact like the overall production of the movie is it takes a concept like the time bubble Mm-hmm. And I mentioned at the beginning the the birds frozen, the snapshot of the birds. Yeah. So time is going so slow, and basically, uh, uh, Lexi is that her name? Chloe. 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 The actress's name is Lexi. It's yeah. Fucking me up. <laughs> so Chloe is basically being held in this time bubble. The dad is making this time bubble, and he's he's keeping it running all the time. The time bubble as on much as he can all the time yeah. when he's he can't fall asleep when he's awake. So. I didn't catch it the first time I watched it, but the second time it's like all the times that she sees her mom and she's out doing this astral projection thing is because the dad's asleep. It's how it always happens at night because dad's asleep and the time bubble's off. Yeah. So now she can be communicating with other people outside of the time bubble because in the time bubble, everything's one speed and outside it's going super slow. So she can't, she can do that outside of the time bubble if her dad's, yeah. her dad's awake or whatever. Oh yeah, I didn't. And there's things like, Grace Park, the actress, big Grace Park, who plays like the ADF agent, that one, what yeah. Yeah. ADF, when she rings the doorbell and they're like, "Oh fuck, they're here for us," he instantly time bubbles, and the doorbell, you just hear a really faint ringing, yeah, sound playing throughout the like the background of their conversation, yeah, because she's stuck in this like time pause, very very slow of the doorbell ringing. It's yeah. like, it's on the ding dong and on the, the dong part, it's coming off <laughs> and it's just, and it's filling up their entire, like with this, like almost angelic chorus of what a doorbell sounds like slowed down. I didn't even think about that. There's a, there's a scene when it shows the inside of the house, it's at night and there's these, a uh, cricket, um, sound effect playing. Mm-hmm. And then that he wakes up and the time bubble starts if you listen carefully in the background of that, you can hear the cricket sound slowing down too. It just sounds like tapping, almost like ticking. It's like oh. the individual clicks of the oh, cricket yeah. creak makes like this almost like a tapping sound. It's like they play with that sort of stuff a lot. Yeah. And that, again, that's free. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, spend a ton of money or create, get, get a, like a million dollar talent to be able to do something interesting like that within the world. Yeah. You just use this concept and then like, what can we do cool within this mind control thing? What can we do cool within this time bubble thing? And then do that. Yeah. Committed to film. Um, when I first started watching this movie, like for the first 24 minutes, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be sort of like, a like, like Joseph said, like a room, um, situation because they show like they show there's normal people outside like it's not like apocalyptic out there um however now knowing about the time bubble like the whole like distortion of the birds and stuff like that now it makes sense but at first i thought it was the character chloe like kind of like imagining things or something or there's mm-hmm. like a film like on the window yeah to make it look weird um and so i was actually pleasantly surprised that it wasn't going to be that sort of situation and mm-hmm. that they kind of went into uh, a different direction with how 
he was, you know, keeping her not captive, but he keeps saying like, I'm protecting you. He's keeping her captive. But, and yeah, and that's kind of like the moral conundrum that I'm having is because it's like, yeah, he's keeping her safe, but it's like at what cost of like, of her childhood? Like, I mean, she would be be dead if she, I was going to say, you just, if she was, cause when she went into the time bubble, she was only a few months old. So when she finally is reunited with mom, who has been basically tortured for months in on Matic Mountain, yeah, she's been in this uh, prison cell torture device, whatever, for months. And in the scope of three months, her daughter has grown from an infant to a seven-year-old. Yeah, so she doesn't recognize her, obviously, and she doesn't think it's her daughter. She at first, like at first, she th- yeah. assumes it's some weird uh, torture technique or whatever. Because yeah. why the fuck would you not? But, um, and why would you think that your infant child is now seven years old? Yeah. So she's grown up in the bubble, but Joseph's right. If, if he hadn't have done that, like hidden her within three months time, she would be, she couldn't fend for herself. They would, they would have broken down the door and found them dead or where her mom is. Yeah, exactly. Well, if that was the case, then, then why wasn't there like any surveillance on the house? Like I know the time bubble thing is kind of negates that, but they've only been in there for a couple months. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and laying low essentially for a couple of months, like abandoned house. Oh yeah, so that's that's right. The agent uh, wants uh, Emil Hirsch's character. Uh, he says this. She says it's a foreclosure. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, jo- I mean, Joseph, what was the what was the uh, parts of the movie that you said seemed really scripted and like the worst parts? Uh, I think I think Bruce Dern was probably the worst in this movie. <laughs> I think he was probably the worst actor in this movie. Hundred dollars, I will get you a shit ton of ice cream. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I haven't really seen any other movies that he's been other than like Hateful Eight is the only one I could think of that he was in. What about Nebraska, I haven't seen Nebraska. I'm oh. interested in it. It's pretty good because of Will Forte. Yeah, but it's good. Um, but I don't think that he's not a good actor. I just don't think he was a good actor in this. And mm. <laughs> I also don't think he. Uh, I I don't think that he. I didn't think his heart was in it. No, I don't think he cared a whole lot about it. <laughs> I think um, the worst scene that I can think about in terms of dialogue and, uh, yeah, and dialogue and acting was when he has the daughter, like he took the daughter out on a little field trip or whatever, and they're in the ice cream truck, and he's like basically like giving a bunch of exposition. Yeah, and he. It's, I don't know, it just seems, it seemed very, very, like, he got the lines that day, mm-hmm. and, it's, <laughs> and it's, like, the inflections that he's giving is, like, the way he's saying the lines, it just felt, I, I didn't buy it, I didn't buy it at all. Yeah, he could use a shave, too. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he looked, like, crazy. He looked yeah. disheveled. I will say that the my first watch through of this, I was like, this fucking guy's gonna kill him? This guy's gonna kill her. He's a crazy, crazy old man in the ice cream truck. You know, crazy Mr. Snow Cones. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was getting like vibes of that. The guy, the shopkeep from Legion, with the head ends up like stretching out really big. In that movie. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking it was gonna be turning into sort of a slasher thing, and the kids out there, and he's the he's the antagonist. Uh-huh. But um, the parts about his character that I did like is that he plays the part of a. <laughs> a grumpy old piece of shit that is trying to be likable to a child. Like he's like, yeah, I'll give you some ice cream. What are you talking about? Ice cream comes off so, come, on, come on in. It comes know. off so creepy. I got a lot of shit to do. I can't wait around for you getting the fucking ice cream all day. So he's like trying to be like nice. And then once he's got her and she's kind of with him, the real version comes out and he's like, yeah, fuck them. You know, if I can kill those people, you know, and he, he feels more like a real person then like after he's already coaxed her into the ice cream truck yeah yeah so but I, i'm with you i'm i'm like 50 50 on whether he's a good actor or if he just was phoning it in for the yeah for, i mean for the 50 come bucket. on let's go higher come on swing higher go to the phone that yeah that's <laughs> that scene irritated me the first time i watched it through but then afterwards i realized exactly what it was he's just Trying to invoke he's, her power. He's trying to figure out what her power is. He's, he's trying to piss her off. Yeah, he's trying to piss Come her on, off. Come on, get mad. Yeah, <laughs> let me pinch you. What do you think about that? You know, I'm surprised he didn't slap her in the face. Just <laughs> punch yeah. her in the face. <laughs> Step on your toe. Kick what is your that cat. old man doing? And then the whole like that and and that scene and after like the cop shows up, the like the really like <laughs> actor dressed as a cop showed up. Yeah. 
<laughs> that costume was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's like, let me see your eyes. That was interesting, like from a writing standpoint. How they can how they can find the, the like, freaks because it's like it, like before the reveal, it's like you know why, like, what, yeah. like I why why I don't oh, know I, I, don't, I, I don't know why yeah, <laughs> um, and it's just like oh yeah they cry blood and then the um, the UV light thing. Which was just a literally just a black black yeah. light, yeah, flashlight. Um, I I thought that this part of the movie, which was near the end, um, with the agent in their house now, um, and the dad trying to pretend that he's not a freak, or whatever. Yeah, looking dapper with his neck beard. Actually, yeah. the correct term is abnormal. Um, oh, that was another thing. That was they do go they do go back and forth between freak and abnormal. I yeah, that whole like interview thing was that was another thing anyway um the um <laughs> you didn't you didn't get the paul verhoeven vibe no i didn't get it I, it was <laughs> but uh when they're in the house and then she's doing the uh she's like questioning him and she, yeah. you think that she's buying that he's not uh, a freak or whatever yeah um because he did the hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. which was advised by his i guess father-in-law as his father-in-law yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um and um i was like at first, before she says anything, I was like, at first, so like that's the secret, just hydrogen peroxide. Like you know, you think that they would that, that a very com like easily accessible yeah. liquid that you can get at any grocery store. Yeah, keep a wet wet wipe in your pocket, and like, do you think that the ADF, this government agency, wouldn't know about that little secret? Yeah, and then and then she brings it up. I was like, oh okay, at least she smell it on your skin because like if they did, if they didn't bring that up, that would have been. Yeah, bad writing. Yeah, um, but the uh, the freaks thing and the ab- versus the abnormal, mm. just abnormal. Is it just abnormal? Yeah, yeah. abnormal people. I, it was. I just thought that was funny. Still offensive. The funny that it's ca- that they you, they're called they call them freaks. Uh-huh. I just like the way the guy the interviewer is like, oh, abnormals, huh? <laughs> so like, I see that you use the word abnormal as to as opposed to the more widely used freaks. It's like that's like a it's it's like public um uh the whole, the whole everyone's just accepted it that like like there's freaks and they're freaks it's like it, it's a that's the parallel it's like as if the, if there was an interview in like the 50s or the 60s that was broadcasted <laughs> on television I see sure. you, I see you call them black people as opposed to <laughs> yeah the yeah. wide the more widely used everybody down here just calls yeah. them something else you know what I'm saying <laughs> but yeah that's I just thought that was kind of I don't know if it was bad. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, man. But I, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, the term freaks was not really creative. Um, I would have said, I would I would have uh, labeled them like as strangers or something like that. Something a little bit more mysterious. Freaks just seems a little bit too on the nose. I think if they called them mutants, that would be too on the nose. Well, it's like, it, it's like, yeah. it's like the next zombie movie, not calling those zombies like walkers, runners, jumpers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just something else. It's shamblers. Yeah. <laughs> Clickers. Yeah. It's literally any zombie property. Well, yeah. they're not actually zombies. I mean, they act like zombies, but we don't call them no, zombies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're just infected. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't infected. just eat you. They'll rape you, then eat you. You know. <laughs> that would be a, that would be a good uh, replacement for freaks too. Is infected. These zombies do their taxes for you. <laughs> <laughs> they tell no. These zombies, they're the worst. They tell you they're going to do their taxes, and they wait till after the cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they keep extending the deadline. Well, um, they couldn't. They couldn't be infected because it's a hereditary thing, and it gets more powerful with each generation. Which, that's true. Yeah. Which is interesting, and it I, seems like it would go in reverse. You would probably think so. I would probably think that too. Yeah. But, but they uh, don't really do a whole lot of explaining of like the no, origin of the power, no. which you don't need the it's explanation. Like, but it's like reading a book. You know, you could you could um, they'll tell you a little bit about the character, and your mind fills in the rest. You yeah. hear a little bit about the world, and then your mind fills in. Ooh, ooh wow. The whole Dallas was completely leveled, huh? So what That's I'm assuming what was happened is that uh, freaks were a common thing, and then it, basically what happened is uh, like Batman versus Superman uh, happened, and they <laughs> destroyed Dallas, and so now they hate superheroes. Yeah, pretty probably. much. I haven't seen that movie, um, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I like the <laughs> the basis of reality with the powers and how they they were limited to use them. Like for instance, like you. The girl, like, she could do the whole, like, astral projection thing, but she couldn't do it forever. Like, she had to take breaks because it takes She's energy. also seven, but I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah. I, it, what, the, the really interesting part about 
the good writing of the whole uh, apex, the crescendo. So the, the the crescendo, the third act is that the whole family is found out. Yes. Mm-hmm. The mom is on Matic Mountain and she's about to be executed. And the dad finally realizes that his daughter is a freak. He doesn't even think she is. He's hoping she's not. Yeah. And he fr- turns out that she is. Grandpa Dern is happy about it. <laughs> but uh, happy Emil Hirsch is not. And um, the cop out for a character that can do a time up time bubble is that nothing matters because they're like, oh, we're going to shoot a fucking hellfire missile at you. And he's like, it's going to take like at least a minute, which is like a week for us. It's <laughs> You know, we're just going to skip out of here. You'll never even see us. No big deal. It's like literally like the flash trying to shoot a bullet or a missile from a mile away at the flash. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a cop out, you know, for the writing. So how do they get that power? Something that he, can't use she's astral projecting into the prison taking over the big beefcake prison guard yeah to break his her mom out <laughs> and if the second that he astral or he does the time bubble now mom is in slow motion and they ain't getting anywhere so yeah. she's like i yeah. can't do i can't help her escape or for your time bubbling dad so he has to like have the conversation with the, the agent should like actually draw it out like you're wait like trying to buy more time on a phone for you know tracing a call yeah yeah like, you know it's really interesting uh, this reminds me of a story from my childhood and <laughs> but um he, he uses that power sparingly in that in that time because he can't lean on it because then her the daughter is in there fucking spinning her wheels doing nothing yeah uh, with mom so uh, he uses a really cool power or a cool bit of the power he's he does the time bubble right around himself walks right out to the SWAT team out in the front that are about to yeah. storm, storm the house and shoots his gun boom 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 Adam and then releases his time bubble once he goes inside and all the bullets just immediately. And then the uh, commanding officer is immediately like, yeah, I'll fire. Let's just do this. (laughs) Yeah. These are the worst worst of the worst are in there. Um, So I I like that aspect of it because sometimes it's almost like, how do you write an interesting Superman movie? Remove Mm. kryptonite from it. How do you write an interesting Superman movie? He's, all powerful. He's, mm. he's unkillable. How, essentially, how, yeah. What? What and is? That's the one. That's the thing that I've always. You make him like Homelander and have uh, mental issues. So it, in yeah, he might be destructive or indestructible, but it, it hinder him. He hinders himself from realizing his true potential and his powers. Sure, you have to. You have to fuck up his mind. Yeah, because he's un, he's unstoppable. It's like, uh, how do you fight God? You know. <laughs> It's the problem with watching One Punch Man is like, oh, yeah, no, he's defeated everything on Earth. The most powerful being on Earth. Well, now an alien comes down and he's a hundred times more powerful than the last guy. (laughs) And he beat well, he beats him too. surprise. Yeah. Now where, you know, we constantly ramp up forever. So with this, when you have that like immutable power, we can just escape everything at all times. You have to like write it into the story where you're not able to use that power for some reason. Yeah. And plus he gets shot too. So he's also dealing with the fact of trying not to pass out from the gunshot. Yeah, what a loser. What a loser. Time bubble and still gets shot. So he's going to get out of the chair. I know. He looked at it like, what is this? I know. He like looked at the bullet. I would have, I would have just like went back into my chair. Like, Why didn't he just like, yeah, I wonder what that would happen. I wonder probably, if well, I that. think it's hot. It's like oh, the Quicksilver like thing. It's like a hot, yeah, you can oh, slap it. Just, just slap it. Get a it. get a towel and like wrap it up. Yeah, kind of like a change the angle. Lara Croft Tomb Raider. He she does the same thing with the knife. The guy throws the knife and then she like stops time and changes the direction of the knife to go back at him. You're like, okay, <laughs> wouldn't it still have its same trajectory? You'd, like you'd like to think so. <laughs> um. So and then at the end of the story is that uh, everybody dies except for mother and daughter. And she's like, uh, the mom is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep you safe. We're going to go hide. Don't worry. I don't want to hide anymore. No more, no more hiding, mommy. And you want to hide. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, okay, we're taking All over right. this. We're taking over this bitch now. Yeah, so That's we right. were rooting for the villains. I, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they have a it's questionable. It's not their fault, though. They're they being have... hunted just for the way that they are. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we don't know the backstory. That's well, true. Well, that's, that's where I think the real interesting part of a story like this is. It's like, uh, I, I did a streaming pick a while ago called The Innocents, where it's like f- anywhere between five and eight year old kids mm-hmm. that all are discovering that they have some sort of powers. And most of them are like te- telep- uh, telepathy, mm-hmm. telekinesis. 
and they can do things much like the little girl can. And it's like, well, what happens when you have someone with no self-control who's literally a child and has the restraint of a child? Now that's that, and the, has the ability to kill with that, it. That's the plot of uh, Brightburn. Yeah, Brightburn or Firestarter or yeah. you know, take your pick. The Bad Seed. Well, she's not a superhero, but she's a murderer. Um, in in this case, ignore the fact that it's children. Mega Mind. It's a. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Titan. Yeah. So ignore the fact that it's a child. It's adults who are also known to be assholes many times. You know, in the wor- history of the world, yeah, who have these potentially world killing powers is it for the benefit of society and all mankind to call the herd as the person says yeah if a person is born a pedophile born a pedophile do you know they're a pedophile they know you know we all know that they're born a pedophile and just thought experiment okay, okay. is it better to just kill that person if they have like a dog that oh it, they don't it, have superpowers no <laughs> the super pedophile <laughs> but it's like 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 a dog that you're like if you could tell me that my dog downstairs this gigantic monster of a dog that I have who's so sweet but if you told me with a one hundred percent certainty know, that man, that fifteen year old's pretty high <laughs> you know what I said those things yeah. <laughs> um, if you told told me that my great dane downstairs were in the next two years was going to maul a child to death, mm. I would put her down today. Was it? And oh, there's nothing geez. you can do about there's it? Nothing I can do about it. Other like if, than if this one saw, choice. Yeah, if you saw the future and that's what the future was and you look at it like a person who's born a pedophile and you know that they're, that's going to be their life is like seeking that. So you're like, it's like everybody's a precog for this one. <laughs> sure. I'm just saying, in a thought experiment. And there's nothing no one can do about it. No, nothing that anybody can do about it. I mean, the, the person per- can't go to therapy. They can't go to psychiatry. Nope. They can't do anything. They're going to be a pedophile no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. kill them. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> so, Off with their head. I'm just saying, at some point, there is a decision that has to be made. That's why we put people in prison. Because they can't be trusted amongst society, right? Yeah. And that's a whole other thing. And the prison system is fucked and all that stuff. But... Assuming, a, that, assuming, that every, idea. assuming that everybody that goes to prison is guilty and assuming that they did all the things that they did, that's the idea is you remove that poison from society so that we can all live an amicable life. That, if the freaks, if the freaks really could kill millions of people because of the powers and there is no way to regulate that or stop them. And once they become an adult, they're, they're going to have the ability to do that. Do you regulate it? Oh, and by regulate it, I mean kill the children. I mean, yeah. Can you look, look at a child with a gun to their face? Would you kill baby Hitler? Yeah, that was, I was to It's say. the I, same I, I, thing. But I already said I wouldn't. Well, your best friend. You would kill your best friend. <laughs> yeah, you are a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> That's not true at all. That's not true at all. You're putting my life in danger when you say you, those things. You said those. I did you not. You put those I, words in I, your I, own I, I did not say I was a Nazi sympathizer. You didn't have to. No, join the Nazis. What are you doing? Join the Nazis. I know. They're right there. They look so cool. <laughs> you, said, uh, you said those things. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's taken out of context. Um, however, I think that maybe um, we could... Go into the middle ground of it. What's the middle ground? Having a defense against the freaks, but they're so they powerful they don't. You don't have no defense against them. Well, yeah, but unless we you develop, have so we basically deve- we develop a defense in case, like it's okay. So like uh, we have them. It's called nuclear this is, bombs. This is kind of a bad example, but an example nonetheless is in the show Invincible. Uh, at the I think the season finale. Uh, uh, the fuck his name uh yeah the guy that works for the government agency yeah cecil he had like a bunch of contingency plans uh for uh and how well not not mark uh how omni-man omni-man how well did that work for him it didn't work but that's that's but the example is like have that rather than uh be aggressive towards them because as you keep poking the bear like they're gonna fight back like so basically it's more aggressively do you strike a deal with these people? Yeah. And yeah. say like, hey, if you start going renegade and killing a bunch of people for no reason, this is what's going to happen. And they're no, like, no, you don't. Th- and then, and then they're like, okay, yeah, I agree with that. If that happens, then you can kill me. But if they were to start doing that, they, they wouldn't be like, yeah, go ahead and kill me. They would be in the mentality of like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm more powerful than you. I'm going to kill you now. Well, because it, it's, it's a psychological uh, it's game. It's the honor system. That, it's a psychological game that you have to play. You like you don't threaten them. You offer them, you know, 
peace and not kill their children and it could it could work to your benefit All right, here's how it's gonna go down if, freaks you guys keep in line i won't kill your children how about that deal <laughs> done All right. it's not a threat it's just like it's it's for the if you're telling them for that, the inferior uh i guess in this case inferior species of hum- humans of, now yeah of of human which is like they're not threatening them they're just like this is what will have to happen well, it's like uh, that war book. I can't remember. The, the art, art of war. The art of war. Yeah, the art of war. You don't show your enemy your uh, so that's hand, your strength. So exactly. So you don't. So you either. So you don't you tell create, them I'm going to kill you if you don't if you do this. No. So so you don't strike a deal. You just create this weapon or defense system in secret, and then knowing that it can kill them if they do go. Yeah. I mean, some of them are going to have to die for experimentation and stuff like that. But it, we're going way off of <laughs> the. Tyler's on board with that, though. <laughs> if it's wait, a wait, not, wait, Nazi for experimentation for what? To create the perfect we- weapon against the freaks if they see fit to. Who's gonna? Wait, who's gonna have to die? He said well, he's saying, random freaks. I don't he's know. saying <laughs> that the government <laughs> will will round up a bunch of freaks. Oh, experiment on them, dissect them like the Nazis did to the twins. <laughs> Just to get, gain a better understanding of them, and then they can create a better weapon. Okay. Yeah. That's so, a lot better than killing, coaling, and killing children. Children, adults. That's way what's better. What's the difference? That's <laughs> so, really, you're and not. I'm not. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but it is an interesting concept, you know. In this, in this incredibly impossible fantastic, scenario. Fantastic, <laughs> yeah, fantastical scenario. <laughs> but it's like, it's like going into an invasive species that's now introduced into, like, the cane toad got induced, introduced to Australia. Well, mm-hmm. well, what's what's wrong with the cane toad? Well, a lot of things, but inherently this one frog that's sitting in front of me, the Harold the Frog, mm-hmm. is like, he never did anything wrong. Does he deserve to die? Probably not. But if I don't cull all the cane toads in Australia, then all the other indigenous life is going to die because once you eat a cane toad, you die. That's the problem. So all the... Really? Yeah, that's, that's why they're invasive, is oh. that these animals will eat them and then they die, and it's fucking up the ecosystem in Australia. And they produce like fucking rabbits or cane toads. And <laughs> where, where? I mean, I don't know where. Wherever they are natural to, I guess. Wherever they came from, it's like if they are invasive to certain places like Australia, or if they yeah. were to invade somewhere else. Yeah. Then the net positive would be to get rid of them. Yeah, you call all somehow. the cane toads. So in this case, maybe we'll just shoot off all the freaks off to another planet, let them populate their own Ooh, planet. Oh, I know, I know. What? What is this, some sort of predator planet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the... Welcome to Ultra Hell. <laughs> I think the... I, I think, I think uh, the, the freaks are obviously, like, they have powers, but I think they're not as powerful as we're describing them because there is limitations to their powers. Sure. And so I think that... The, the a, least realistic, a more diplomatic way would be the best way. As for the pedophile thing, yeah, no, yeah, throw him off a cliff. Would you cares? like the ability? He never even did anything, Tyler. <laughs> he was just born. Would you like to be the ability to fly, but it takes as much energy as it is to run? No. Oh, like a Jerry Seinfeld and B movie, <laughs> Barry B Benson. Yeah. Why don't I, you fly everywhere? Why don't you run everywhere? <laughs> No, my, my, my power would be like invisibility or super strength. But you have to hold your breath. For invisibility? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. You have great lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Set them up and knock them down. All right. What's our time, Joseph? Or empower invisibility, but no one can be looking at you. (laughs) Perfect. I like that. Uh, We're on 55 minutes. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up. I really think that there's a lot of complex ideas to this, and I do think that it's worth a rewatch, Joseph. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but watching it as a second time, all the like vague vagueness of the first act, maybe even the first two acts, pays off uh, in dividends again. Mm. And then you can decide whether Bruce Dern actually is a good actor or not. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and give us a grade, Joseph, on Freaks. Um, say like a. Mm, like a like a b minus b minus yeah it's safe for all the uh i mean the it was mainly the acting from the little girl and the uh and emil hirsch that yeah. that kind of brought up the whole grade um and the story was i guess the writing and 
the some of the writing, not all of the writing, or most of the writing, I should say, except for that one scene with Bruce Dern in the ice cream <laughs> truck, um, was uh, pretty good. And like the reveal and the storytelling and stuff, and how they portrayed things. And there was some, there was some really cool like effects, like the uh, when the grandpa gets shot while he's invisible, and you see the blood just sort of clouding yeah. up and then the missile going through the house Donnie Darko style like <laughs> you see the, cool. the fire coming running behind them mm-hmm. although it was a very contained explosion for something called hellfire yeah yeah <laughs> it was like well I mean it wasn't a residential neighborhood so you I know. mean they were just like oh just the house just exploded it's a perfectly sized explosion for one house yeah and it's because they, they just jumped out of the house they were okay they should call it the house fire missile yeah <laughs> um so that was a really cool effect um and um yeah, but uh, overall, I don't, I don't, I it was didn't land on you as much. Yeah, it didn't really hit me as right. well as I thought it was. That's fair. I think the production quality like really caught me off guard and it brought it down a little bit. I, I guess I probably should have warned you that it was ultra low budget. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I have the same uh, problem with a lot of cheesy like made for TV and Netflix movies. Is whenever there's really bad exposition, it takes me out of it. Yeah, yeah. like an end of the road that. Uh, Queen Latifah movie I watched. Mm-hmm. They have they must have said the same exposition like ten times because they think the audience is fucking dumb. It's like, <laughs> listen, I'm your brother. Nothing's gonna bring your husband back. He died of cancer. Get over <laughs> it. And you're like, fuck, ludicrous. Come on, man. Anyways, I know this already. I know. Tyler, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm agree with Joseph on grading. Uh, B minus for me. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention that, uh, during our discussion that I just want to mention really quickly is how aggressive these cops are. You, you know, you stab someone in the eye once and then they're all over you. It's like oh, it they, just, lo- they just go right to shooting. I mean, yeah. they're cops. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, secret police or whatever. Um, but I thought that was just like uh, that caught me off guard. I was just like, Jesus Christ! Like it, like it's a one teardrop. That's the that's the indicator, not a whole like yeah. eye gouged out. That um, that is kind of funny because you probably they've probably I, seen a thousand people with the one weeping blood. Yeah. yeah. But someone going like, ah, my eye, my <laughs> eye. He's a freak. Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> He's a threat um, to our democracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, really liked uh, the beginning and then how it goes off into a different direction. Uh, so B minus for me. Okay. I'm uh first time I watched it, I'd probably put it around a B plus or so. But on a rewatch, this is a solid A for me. I oh, wow. really, really like this movie a lot. And, um, it's more of a story of like filmmaking 101, write a mm. good, write a good story, tell the story in an interesting way, because imagine this movie, if you will, first scene you get, it's like text on screen. It's like the year is 2022 freaks are populating the world. <laughs> they are identified by a st- single stream of blood that comes out of their left eye and you know, we pick up our story with young blah, 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 stuck in a house and her father's has a time bubble around her. And you're like, that would suck for storytelling. That would, <laughs> it would take all the charm of the movie out. Yeah. But the way they choose to tell it and all the little breadcrumbs they leave you along the way to get you to the next part of the story, pay off again on a rewatch. So fun. So imaginative. Um, Definitely. Just great. So I, uh, I will say that I, I wanted to say, I guess in the beginning and during grading, uh, if I was a part of the production, I would like it more because I feel like I feel like I would be more invested. Sure, obviously more invested, but like, like no, like being a part of a production like that, and then like seeing the result, like like oh, come see the final cut, and I was like, ooh, hell yeah, let's go watch this, and I'm like, ooh, that's sick. Yeah. I would have been more impressed. I try to put myself in those shoes when I'm looking at a movie, like when I'm grading a movie in general, because there's like Hollywood movies. And then there's ultra low budget movies. Mm-hmm. And then there's like no budget movies. Mm-hmm. No budget movies are like return to blood fart lake, you know? Yeah. yeah. And regardless, they all kind of get the same criteria. It's like, was I invested in the story? Did it have something meaningful to say? How did it look? How did it sound? How was it acted? And it kind of all comes together in this big soup. And I, there was not a lot that I took away from this. And if you have a production that you're working on and it turns out like return to blood fart lake or Mm. God, what is the other next shittiest movie? You know, vampire birdemic birdemic or vampire boys or something like that. Suburban Sasquatch. If it ends up like that, you're like, 
I really want my name in the credits on this thing. Exactly. <laughs> and then you... Brujas. Like, yeah, Brujas. <laughs> and then you create something like this, and you're like, this is fucking fantastic from a micro budget. It's It really, really is cool. We so. did it. Okay, anyways, that is Freaks. Let's get onto the wheel. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the Wheel of Destiny. Okay, Freaks is off the wheel, and before I replace my movie, I want to read a listener's submission for the fan pick list. You got your list up ready? Oh, yes. Okay, we got a double submission, which we've been very vague about the rules, but essentially... Not allowed. Yeah, you can give up. You can give... (laughs) We kind of like have a tacit agreement here at the show. No more than two. Yeah, no more than two at a time for each listener. I thought it was no more than three. Nah, it's two. It's been two for a while. We've, uh, we culled the herd. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from listener Eric Holmes from Find Your Film Podcast, a uh, friend of the show, um, who wrote in and said, not sure uh, which one will be streaming by the time you get to it, so I'll give you two picks to pick from, and we'll just do both of them, because we don't mind if it's streaming or not. Capture, Kill, Release. Capture, Kill, Release. That's one. Like, fuck, Mary kill? Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's the premise. And... Revanche, R-E-V-A-N-C-H-E. Is that uh, French? I have no idea. And I'm not going to look up either one of them because I want to go in fresh. Revanche. Revanche. Sounds raunchy. Revanche. Revanche. Just because you are French doesn't mean you have to act French. Yeah, exactly, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) So, number one, Eric, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Send us an email. Tell us if you got any suggestions for us, what we should do, more or less, better or worse. Okay. Um, and uh, thank you for the listener submissions. I appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to replace Freaks. It's a tough pick. Tough pick, tough pick. I was talking about doing like a scary kind of a horror type of movie before this. I'm going to not Halloween's do approaching. Um, okay, I'll do it. This is, not, this is not a horror slasher movie, but it is suspenseful and it is creepy in a lot of ways. This is Gerald's Game. Oh, who's probably mm. still streaming on Netflix because I watched it on Netflix and I think it's a Netflix original. Gerald's Game. So. Carla Gugino. Does that name ring a bell? <laughs> you? No, just the title. It's uh, Car- Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood, the like the guy that hires Captain Kirk in the new Star Wars movies. Okay, I won't say anything about it until it lands on it one day. All right. And let me recap what we have on the wheel. We have Gerald's Game from Pete, Safe from Tyler, Terminator Two Judgment Day from Pete, a fan pick. Before Sunrise, the first of the trilogy from Joseph. A fan pick, and If Beale Street Could Talk from Joseph, and Predator from Tyler. Nice. So here we go. This is what we watch next week. Please be Tyler. Please be Tyler. Please be Tyler. Please be Tyler. I know. It's please been, be safe. Please be safe. It's been a long time. Get it off the wheel. Huh? It's safe. Oh, wow. <laughs> We manifested my pick. We did. Awesome. <laughs> um, so safe is a 19. Uh, I should pre. You know what? I'll talk about it when we <laughs> when we do the Are, movie. Is there going to be a report due on this uh, when we're done? No, 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 no. This is um, probably the most appropriate pick we've ever had for this show. Consider this is a film class. Oh, middle class film class. That's that. You know what? I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. This is based off of Tyler's girlfriend's homework. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, oh shit. So safe is. Uh, 1995 Safe is directed by Todd Haynes, written by Todd Haynes. Got a lot of writer and directors in this uh, show. Uh, starring <laughs> Julianne Moore and Xander Berkeley, Dean Norris. Oh, and Isaac Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus um, Christ, Murray. Safe. And so, yeah, Safe is... Uh, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's, it's about mo- environmental poisoning or something, right? You think that okay? So like, why is she why why is Sabrina? Okay, we'll find out. Yeah, Doesn't matter. yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll we'll find out next week all about. Get Sabrina it. on the show. Yeah, uh, her Colin. No, she won't. Let's read her. Let's read a report. On I already her. tried. I I I tried. I'll try. Uh, no, <laughs> me don't, and her are we, text friends. Uh, why are you texting her? Stop it. I have a I have a three way chat with her and you. Uh, her and me and your mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have some words with uh, Sabrina, Both my mom. 
Yeah. <laughs> the two most important women in your life. <laughs> yeah. Mom, Sabrina, you're not allowed to do that. I'm a man. I, I can control what you do. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. Thank you for joining us as we reviewed Freaks from 2018. Follow us next week as we gab and chatter, and then we watch Safe, starring, what's her name again? Julianne Julian Moore. Julianne Moore, that's it. Um, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mcfcpodcast, and send us an email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc, and on TikTok at Middle Class Film Class. And please follow us on Instagram at Middle Class Film Class, and leave us a voicemail, why don't you, at 209-730-6010. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. Come on in. You know, I got a lot of shit to do. I can't wait around for you getting the fucking ice cream all day.